let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. What up, Mean Militia, and welcome to the Mean Joe Grizzly Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Mean Joe Grizzly, and today we'll be diving into the Grizzly Guide. So just like I explained in the last episode, the Grizzly Guide is going to be the segment of the show where I explain comic storylines, character profiles, uh, recap movie franchises, anything that I want to explain to y'all is going to be in this segment of the show. So for our first dive into the Grizzly Guide, I will be digging into the comics and pulling parts from the MCU to bring y'all a brief and to the point recap and even a prediction of what could take place in the highly anticipated Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So, to kick this off, we have to briefly recap what led us to this point in the MCU. So, we technically don't know what exactly is going on in the newest chapter of the MCU, but... We have some ideas, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is the first one that I've seen multiple trailers of, and I've read a lot of comics. I haven't read all comics, and I'm not this great comic guru, but I've read enough to get like to give educated guess, and this is going to be the first one that I've ever seen where I'm kind of going in where I don't really know what's going to happen. I have a lot of theories. The most theories I've probably ever had out of any movie in the MCU that I've seen but we really have to start with the events of WandaVision. So in WandaVision, we see what happens to Wanda in the aftermath of the death of Vision and the final battle against Thanos and his Black Order. Wanda is consumed by her grief and heads to Westview, New Jersey. And in a moment of extreme grief, she warps reality in a concentrated area, giving her the perfect life in her eyes. This catches the attention of a very powerful witch known as Agatha Harkness. And as the events unfold in the series, Agatha eventually reveals herself and Wanda finally lifts the reality warping, turning everything back to normal. But after a battle with Agatha, Wanda is introduced to the Darkhold and is revealed to be the fabled Scarlet Witch, the most powerful magical entity in existence in the universe 
second or equal to or more powerful than even the Sorcerer Supreme himself, Doctor Strange. So upon this realization that she is the fabled Scarlet Witch and realizing that her power is truly magic and as Agatha states, chaos magic, she defeats Agatha and she gains possession of the Darkhold and locks Agatha into a constant state where she is essentially continuing to live out her life as the version of her that was in Westview. And then it flips to Wanda retreating to what appears to be Wondagore Mountain from the comics, which is a very significant point in Wanda's character development in the comics. And she's beginning to study the Darkhold. And as we see at the end of WandaVision, Wanda's flipping through the pages of the Darkhold and she can hear the voices of her children that she created in Westview. And obviously those kids aren't real. They were created by magic. And it seems like Wanda's trying to search, what I'm going to say, search the multiverse or find a way to bring her kids back. And WandaVision would end, and this brings us to the events of Loki. Now, to sum up what happens in Loki up until the ending, in Avengers Endgame, when they went into the quantum realm and they were skipping around trying to find piece of the uh, Infinity Stones to create their own Infinity Gauntlet and undo what Thanos did in Infinity War, they end up going back in time to the point when the Avengers first formed and fought Loki in the invasion of New York. And in this moment, when everything's said and done, that version or that variant of Loki takes the Tesseract or the Space Stone and uses it to escape. Now, we all know that Loki died in Infinity War. He was he was killed by Thanos. So this is not the original Loki. This is, like I said before, this is a variant. And that variant was transported to the TVA, or the Time Variance Authority. Now, the role of the TVA is to maintain the sacred timeline. And if they don't maintain that timeline, it will consistently branch off and create alternate timelines or universes, essentially creating all these different scenarios. Like, what if Captain America didn't get the super soldier serum or didn't get into the army and what would happen after that? And then, in fact, they did make a, a animated show called What If, and I'll get into that later. But that variant of Loki begins working with the TVA because the TVA tell him that there is a variant of him that is going around and destroying timelines and killing TVA agents. So essentially when they finally track this version of it down, it is a female version of Loki known as Sylvie. As the show progresses, Loki and the TVA officer known as Mobius, they eventually form like a somewhat of a friendship and they start realizing that the TVA are lying and that the so-called leaders of the TVA or the founders of the TVA, the time keepers, I believe it's called, they are starting to believe that they have nefarious means and that what they're doing is wrong. So eventually they end up confirming the time time keepers and the time keepers aren't real. 
they're just there. They're, they're literally like animatronics, like Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. So eventually, Loki and Sylvie are, are what you call cold. And when you're cold, you're essentially wiped out of existence. Well, it turns out that's not what happens. When you get cold, you're sent to this place where it's kind of like the vanishing point. It's like there's it's where there, there's no time, no no concept of time. You're, it's just a dump for time trash of, essentially. And in this dimension, there is a constant like time storm that destroys things in its past and the name of it is uh escaping me right now but it's actually a a character from the comics or a, a entity from the comics i just cannot think of its name at the moment but if you get past that that being or that time storm you end up coming to the realm of he who remains so what ends up happening is is loki and his variant sylvie confront he who remains and it's here that he who remains explains that he and the tva have been keeping the multiverse in check by calling timelines which we already know but he also explained why they have been calling timelines and that every variant of himself had a great war between them and he was the sole survivor but every one of his variants but him sought domination over the multiverse so they end up preserving the sacred timeline so that an evil version of he who remains doesn't rise up and conquer the entire multiverse so he who remains gave sylvie and loki this proposal and either help him run the tva and maintain the timeline or kill him and bring back the multiverse and possibly all of his evil variants so in a fit of rage and seeking vengeance sylvie sends loki back to the tva headquarters and kills he who remains this causes all the alternate universe your verses to spread from the sacred timeline and multiply so loki would then go back to the tva and seek out movius and tell him what happened only to discover that no one at the tva remembers anything and now it is being ran by one of the evil variants of He Who Remains. This evil variant is going to become a villain known as Kang, Kang the Conqueror. And Kang the Conqueror is this wildly capable and wildly powerful being that essentially just goes around, he jumps around from time, exerting his will and, and essentially conquering timelines and realities so essentially he is the next big bad that's how they're kind of setting this thing up but and i don't know if he's going to have any role in dr strange in the multiverse of madness he could be but as of right now we haven't seen any evidence that kang is going to be present and all that really brings loki to an end with kang being back and in charge of the tva and this leads us into the events of Spider-Man No Way Home. When Spider-Man seeks out Doctor Strange after his identity is revealed by Mysterio in the events from Far From Home to see if he can cast a spell to make the entire world forget that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. But as we know, Peter couldn't shut up and the spell was corrupted and therefore the villains from other universes were brought into ours. 
and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man come in, they team up, they beat the villains, and in the conclusion of Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange would cast the actual spell, undo everything, sending all the villains back to their own realities, and erasing everyone's memory of Peter Parker being Spider-Man. And with all the events taking place, this seemingly sets in motion the events of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, obviously, I haven't seen the movie yet, and I'm going to take that most of y'all haven't either. So from here on out, I'm going to be explaining a few characters that we know are going to be in the movie and what I think is going to happen in the movie. And judging by the trailers that we've gotten over the last few months and by certain comics that have been released recently and over the last few years by Marvel, I can narrow down the choices for what is going to happen and what or what possibly could happen and maybe even the new villain. Uh, but before I get to that, like I said before, I want to talk about some new characters that we know are going to be in the movie, starting with America Chavez. So really, there's not a whole lot to talk about with America Chavez because she hasn't been around that long. Uh, she made her debut in 2011 in a story called Vengeance, where she was part of this teen group called the Teen Brigade, and really nothing really happened in the story. It was just a bunch of nothing. So yeah, don't read that story. It's awful. So she is this character who can jump through dimensions. So she could punch a hole through a dimension and then he's make these like star shaped portals. And the problem though is, is that when she punches a hole through the dimension, she doesn't have a destination in mind as in she can't control where she goes. So she could punch a hole in the dimension and jump in and just hope for the best. It's not like Nightcrawler who can visualize where he wants to go and then teleport there. So she also has superhuman strength and she can fly and stuff, but she claims that she is from this dimension that is outside of time known as the Utopian Parallel, where she was she got her powers from this thing called the Demiurge. And I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. I'm going to mention it later as well when I talk about another character. But essentially, the Demiurge is a sentient life force of Earth's biosphere. So, the Earth spirit, I guess. Yeah, comets were crazy back then and left with a lot of imagination. But supposedly, that's where her powers come from. What her role is in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is kind of unclear. We don't really know what what is her purpose there. My theory is, is that she is jumping through dimensions running from something and ends up in Doctor Strange's universe and the two team up and try to figure out what's going on in the multiverse. The thing that's chasing her I believe is that big crawling eye that you see in that trailer and that crawling eye is what is known as a multi-angled one. Now these beings are immensely powerful cosmic abstracts 
that live between the space of universes. And the most popular or the most well-known one is called Shumagorath, and he is a reoccurring villain of Doctor Strange. And usually when he shows up, everyone is scared to death because this guy is so powerful. And Doctor Strange or either Wong or somebody made the comment one time that when Shumagorath shows up in our universe, we're not seeing him in his full totality. So he ain't even at full power at all. And the version that shows up in our world is the equivalent of his fingernail. So this guy's extremely strong. And is they even said that when he shows up in certain universes, he destroys galaxies just by being there. He's just his presence alone destroys galaxies. So this guy's pretty powerful. Do I think that this is going to be Shumagorath from the comics? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to make him like a throwaway character, and they're probably not even going to call him that. In fact, I believe that this one, this mini angle one, they're going to be calling Gargantos. And the reason why is because I don't think they can get the rights to the name of Shumagorath because it belongs to so much lore. So I doubt that that's what that's going to be Shumagorath. They're probably just going to call him Gargantos. And the reason why I keep saying Gargantos is because when these movies are coming out, certain merchandise comes out and it will spoil stuff for, for fans if you don't be careful and don't pay attention to them. And there was toys brought out when this movie was announced and there was a crawling eye toy and that toy is labeled Gargantos. As far as how what that has to do with comics a long long time ago in namor the submariner he fought an octopus a one-eyed octopus called gargantos so i think they're just taking the name itself and calling it gargantos that's what i'm hoping i really hope to say just a one-eyed octopus that rose up out the ocean because that'd be real lame but nevertheless i digress um at one point i thought that that Shimagorath was going to be the main bad guy and I'm not so sure now but more on that later the next character or group of characters that we're going to get introduced to in this movie that's been confirmed is the Illuminati now in Marvel the Illuminati formed as a result of the Kree Skull War now the Kree are those blue aliens that you see in Guardians of the Galaxy like Ronan the Accuser and, and those guys. And the Skrull are the shape-shifting aliens that are in Captain Marvel. Uh, in the comics, those two races have been at war with each other for millennia. And Earth is always caught in the middle because for some reason, Earth is some kind of vantage point. So the Illuminati were formed essentially to deal with that threat. And they eventually just become this group that meets up to handle this supposedly insurmountable task and most of the time it ends in disaster in fact i don't think the illuminati ever done one thing that was actually good or didn't come back to bite them in the ass later on uh, they they are responsible for so much chaos and so much bad stuff happening so they're a very interesting group. That group consists of Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Professor X, Black Panther, and Black Bolt of the Inhumans, and I believe 
Mr. Uh, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, and I believe that Namor the Submariner is also in that group. And I also know that Captain America was in that group at one point, too. So they just formed uh, seemingly out of good and end up just screwing things up. And essentially, we're supposed to see a version of the Illuminati in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, probably a multiversal version of the Illuminati. Uh, one of them has been pretty much confirmed this Patrick Stewart's Professor X is pretty much in this movie. We've already know we hear his voice, we've seen the chair. He's gonna be in the movie and that's gonna be awesome. So and I'm not sure yet, but maybe Peggy Carter from the What If episode, uh, Captain Carter where she actually becomes the super soldier. I think that she's gonna end up in this as well. So we're going to get those guys and we don't really know what their role is going to be. Essentially, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to be formed to combat what, which brings me to who is going to be the villain of Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. I have no idea, but I've narrowed it down to three choices and all three of those choices are probably wrong. So my first choice is Wanda and not just Wanda, but Wanda possessed by the demon Cthon. And in my pilot episode, I very, very poorly explained Cthone. So I'm going to attempt to sum it up very briefly. So to spare y'all from having to go back and listen to that pile of crap, because it's terrible. So the short version is, is Cthone was one of the elder gods and he was the creator of chaos magic and earth's first black magician. And he fled our dimension in order to survive eradication by the Demigorge, a demon-eating deity created by the Demiurge. The Demiurge, of course, explained before, is a sentient life force of Earth's biosphere, or the Earth spirit. So, yeah, I know, guys, this is a lot to take in. Just try to stick with me. Comics can be really confusing sometimes. I'm doing my best here. But before he fled, he wrote the Darkhold on scrolls, to maintain a physical link to earth and then he fled to a new dimension that he just created out of thin air because he is immensely powerful now we know that wanda is in possession of the dark hold and in the comics cathone has attempted multiple times to possess wanda claiming her to be the perfect vessel and we know that she is involved in the movie so this would make sense so that's my first choice. My second choice is a being that hasn't been introduced yet into the MCU, but is and has been featured more than ever before recently in the comics. Most of the time now with the success of the MCU, the comics begin to feature a character more and more to give it more exposure. So to lead up to it being introduced into the MCU, because now the movies influence the comics more than the comics influences the movies. So that character is Nightmare. And Nightmare is the Fear Lord of Dreams. Now, the Fear Lords of Marvel are like their versions of Satan, essentially. Marvel has several representations of Satan, like Mephisto, Blackheart, uh, Hela, which in Thor Ragnarok was Thor's sister. She is a version of Satan pretty much. She is like a representation of death for Thor's religion or Thor's dimension. When you die, you go to hell. 
and Hela is the one that's waiting there for you. Uh, Damien Hellstrom and the Dweller of Darkness is another representation of Satan in uh, in Marvel. Uh, if you if that name rings a bell, that was the the massive demon like creature at the end of Shang Chi that Shang Chi defeated. And then you have Nightmare, and again all of them are known as Fear Lords, and each essentially rule over their own realm. Nightmare being the ruler over the dream dimension. Now, Nightmare's comic history goes way back to the early days of Doctor Strange comics, making his first appearance in Strange Tales number 110 in July of 1963. And he was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. And he was the first villain that Doctor Strange faced. And Nightmare is a demon that, that feeds on psychic energy given off by the dreams of all living beings, especially humanity. And although this doesn't really sound very impressive, he kind of sounds like a kind of sounds like Freddy Cougar, to be honest with you. But more recently, they've really amped up his power. Now he was extremely powerful before. He is a a cosmic entity of sorts. But recently, they've given him some really really ridiculous feats, and especially one in particular in the pages of, of the most recently released one-shot comic Doctor Strange the Nexus of Nightmares Nightmare has claimed to have efforts effortlessly destroyed the the Beyonders now guys if you don't know who the Beyonders are let me tell you who they are real quick without dragging this along too much so there was this event called the Accursions that happened in Marvel in which in the multiverse, the universes were crossing over each other. And when they would cross over, once everything went into sync, the universes would be destroyed. So they were essentially colliding into each other in this like cascading effect. And each universe's Earth was the like pivot point of that. So the only way to stop an incursion was by destroying the other universe's Earth. And, of course, this brings in the Illuminati as well. So the Illuminati found out that all this was happening, so they tried to prevent the incursions. So in an attempt to figure out what is causing the incursions, Reed Richards sent Hank Pym, a.k.a. the original Ant-Man, into the multiverse to kind of scout out to see if he could find out what's causing everything. And he was out there for, I believe years, maybe it may have been just months, but it, he, he seen I, something makes me think he said years, but we'll go with months. So he was out there for months, just trying to figure out what was going on. And he kept coming across like dead bodies of these cosmic entities, like celestials and, and Lord order and master chaos and, all the all these different bodies of these cosmic beings and eventually he ends up in this one universe where all of these cosmic beings are fighting these three beings that are all white and these are the the beyonders these guys are so immensely powerful that they were one-shotting cosmic beings like celestials done easily and we all know by watching the Eternals movie how powerful the Celestials are. Celestials being essentially the creators of all life in our universe. And 
as they're sitting back and they're, they're they they kill a Lord Order and Master Chaos, or and really, uh, I think they killed the In Betweener and they killed Eternity, the walking embodiment of Eternity. They killed Eternity. <laughs> that's that's just ridiculous and doesn't make any sense. But just the fact that they killed the Abstract of Eternity and all that was impressive enough. He also he witnessed them next face off against the Living Tribunal. Now in in Marvel Comics, the Living Tribunal is the second most powerful entity in the entire Marvel Universe, second only to the one above all, and the one above all essentially being God, or really it's the representation of the comic book writers because they essentially create everything, but it's God. And they killed the living tribunal. That is insane. And that's how powerful these, these entities are. So now that I've given you kind of a brief synopsis on how powerful these guys are in this newest story, Nexus of nightmares, nightmare claims to have effortlessly killed three beyonders and he actually shows it happened. So they have given him a significant power boost in these recent release comics and nightmare is trying to get into our dimension. So he seeks the help of Baron Mordo and Baron Mordo is instructed to go steal the dark hold from the Sanctum Santorum. All the while nightmare is influencing Doctor Strange's dreams to give him nightmares and break his spirit and kind of make him feel inadequate and not being worthy of being the Sorcerer Supreme. And this works in their favor and Mordo is able to defeat Doctor Strange and take the Darkhold and is almost successful in summoning Nightmare to our dimension but is stopped by Doctor Strange. So having that connection with the Darkhold, we know the Darkhold is going to be in the movie and having that connection and this recently released one-shot comic, it kind of makes sense if Nightmare is the villain. And I also think that a lot of people forget this, but when this movie was announced years ago, Nightmare was slated to be the villain. And I think a lot of people have forgotten about that. That was like two or three years ago where they said that Doctor Strange 2 was going to have Nightmare as its villain. So I think, that, I think that might be the big surprise, but I could be wrong. That could be... Completely wrong, but it would be really cool if it if that was the case. So that's going to lead me to my final choice, which is kind of the on the nose one, and that's Evil Doctor Strange. From so in the What If episode with Doctor Strange, what ends up happening is is in the accident where his hands got destroyed, uh, Christina Palmer is killed in that accident as well. So, while he's sitting around in the St. Santorum one day, he gets to thinking about going back in time and saving her. So, he ends up using the Eye of Agamotto to go back and save Christina Palmer. And every time he saved her, she would die again. Somewhere down the line. So, he kept going back. She kept dying. The outcome was always the same. So, he figured that if he just kept amassing power eventually he would have enough power to overcome the eye of Agamotto and or really not really the eye of Agamotto, but time itself that he could overwhelm it. And 
he eventually consumes all these cosmic entities, all these these black magics, and he becomes this real corrupted version of himself where he actually saves Christina Palmer, but at the same time, the Ancient One from another timeline actually sees this happening and sends another version of Doctor Strange to battle him because he knew that he was amassing too much power and he was going to end up collapsing the timeline and destroying his own dimension. And this version of Doctor Strange is ridiculous. He's like super, super, super powerful. Like he's actually pretty close to not, not exactly identical, but is in terms of power, he seems to be on par with like the classic version of Doctor Strange from the comics, which that guy can just wipe out dimensions. He's just anything that he needs to do. He's got a spell for so having that having this extra super powerful version of dr strange would be pretty cool and then really we get to the born choice and i know i said three choices but there's technically there's four uh the born choice is dormammu i mean it'd be cool to see dormammu again but i kind of feel like that where we we don't need dormammu right now he's kind of the end-all beat-all villain for dr strange i think we need a new one uh, we need some fresh new villains for these characters to face off against. And honestly, I really hope it's Nightmare. And I hope that they bring him in in all his totality. That would be so freaking cool. So that's really it for all my predi my predictions. At Like I said before, guys, I have no idea what's going to happen in this movie. And everything I just told y'all is probably wrong. But that's the only thing I got going in my head right now going in this movie. And I'm actually extremely excited to see what they're going to do. And with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Thank you all so much for your continued support and patience on me getting these episodes out. I uh, want to give a shout out to zombie hyperdrive and her song red eyes. That's what I use for my intro and my outro music. Check out their music. It's awesome. Also want to give a shout out to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for the six synth wave music that I use throughout my episodes as background music. Check that guy out as well. Music is fantastic. Uh, next is going to be my review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I hope that this episode kind of gave you some ideas of certain characters that you're going to be seeing in the movie and hopefully some of my predictions will be correct. It's probably not, but... You know, I just wanted to throw out my ideas of what I think is going to happen in the movie. But we got a lot of stuff coming out in May, and I'm hoping to get to all of it. Uh, you've got Stranger Things is coming back, and that's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Moon Knight's final episode is this week, so i got to find time to talk about Moon Knight as well. So we got a lot of stuff coming up. So thank you all again. Without y'all, this ain't possible. But until then, remember, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch.